everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 504. Today we're going to take a look at Imhotep. This is a new game from Cosmos. It is also a Spiel des Jahres nominee. Uh, this game plays two to four players. It's a very abstract uh, Euro game set in uh, ancient Egypt, and players are going to be sort of jockeying for position and putting out their colored blocks. It's these nice big chunky blocks. You put them on ships and kind of ship them off to different areas to either build pyramids or build other monuments and maybe collect cards to give you special abilities or score you extra points at the end of the game. So let's jump into how the mechanics actually work then I'll tell you what I think of it. Now here's everything that you would get in the game. This is kind of set up for a four player game. The main area of concern is this main set of modular boards here. You can see these are actually double sided. Here you've got an A side. You can flip it over and play with a B side. Each of those has that. The game actually recommends you just play with all the A side the first time you play, and then maybe after you play a couple times, you play with all the B side, and then you can interchange them how you wish. What you're going to be doing is loading these different ships here with the blocks and each player has a different sort of color of blocks that they're going to be responsible for and then eventually shipping them and kind of attaching them to one of these ports to take different actions on the ports. And here you can see each player has a sled. Uh, so in a four player game, the first player, in this case gray, will get two bricks on their sled and then the second place will get three and then third turn order will get four, then five and so on. The most you can have on here is five and then you're going to be transferring these to the boats to actually then ship them. So on your turn you have one of three possible actions. The first thing you can do is you can take up to three of your cubes and load them on your sled. Now if you don't have room enough for three you just take up to that amount maxing out at a total of five possible on your sled. So that's simply what you can do. You can just take a set of three cubes or less and then put them onto your sled. The second action you can do is take one of the cubes that's on your sled and put it on one of the boats that's available. There's a couple of things to know. There are different size boats. You've got the four different size boats here. Four, three, two, and one. You can put the cube anywhere you wish on the boat. So if you wanted to and you thought it was advantageous, you could put the cube on the very back of the boat if you wish. So that's it. So you either take three cubes or put a cube on a boat. Your final and third action is actually ship one of the boats and attach it to the ports. Well, you can see here there's a requirement that the boat have a certain amount of cubes. So this one requires three cubes before you can ship it. Now you don't have to have your cubes on there if you don't wish. The brown player at this point could ship that because we've met the requirement of the three cubes. You can see this one actually only has a requirement of one and this one only has a requirement of one. So even if the gray player puts his cube on there, white if he felt it would hurt gray or help him he could ship that to a less than stellar port so that's the third action you ship a boat that has the minimum amount of cubes now the boats that are going to be available per round are always going to be totaling four so you can see in this round we're going to have a boat of size four two of size three and one of size two in the following round we might have a configuration like this four, th three, three, and one, and so on. So you may have more or less space to actually have available to use that round. You can also see on the back of these cards here is the player count. So you take out seven cards that match the player count. So if you're playing a two-player game, you take that, and then you'll discard one of those. So you're not gonna know exactly which cards are gonna be in play, but you're gonna have six cards in play, and that also acts as a round timer. So you go through all six cards, and then the game will be over. So what happens when you actually attach 
a boat to one of these ports. So immediately when you attach a boat and you ship it here, you're going to take the actions associated with that spot. So first we'll look here at the market. And we're going to go down in the order of the cubes on the boat here. So the brown player would go first and they'll select one of the cards. Well, there's three different, or excuse me, four different types of cards in the game. There's these blue cards here, and this gives you extra actions. So instead of doing one of those three basic actions, you can discard this card. And this one's special. It says place two stones on one ship or one stone on each of two ships. And there's all kinds of cool actions you can do. Maybe you place a stone and then immediately ship the ship and so on. The next thing here are these purple statue cards, and you're trying to collect a set of these. So at the end of the game, if you have three of these, you would get six points. If you had all the way up to five, you'd get 15 points. And it's just a basic set collection idea. These red ones here, these are immediate. So immediately when you choose this card, you do whatever it says. This place one stone in the from the quarry, which is your general supply, not your sled, into the pyramid. And I'll talk about what the pyramid does in a minute. And then you have these green end of game bonuses and you'll get bonuses for stones in some of the other boards that I'll show you in a second here. So this is at the end of the game, earn one point per three stones in the pyramid. And of course that includes your own as well as others. So if somebody is really going after the pyramid and a lot of folks are, you might take that card and sort of piggyback off those points. So you go here and then grab these and then you'll have four new cards uh, for the next round to add there. Now we'll go ahead and just talk about the B size as we go down here. This is the same in the case of the market, but you have one spot that actually has two face down cards. And when you choose that pile, you'll actually flip and look at those as the player that chose those, keep one of those. In this case, they're the same, uh, but you'll take one, discard one, and then keep the other. Now the temple on the A side here is an interesting spot. So let's just put these out here. Let's say at the end of the round, it looked like so. So you attach this and then the players will put their cubes out in the order. And let's say this is what it looked like at the end of the round. You're going to look and see what cubes you can actually see the top of. So in the first round, each of these players is going to get one point. But let's say we go on to a later round. Let's do like so. And it comes out in this order. So we have white and then black comes out and then black comes out again. So once you loop back over here, you'll start covering them up. So at the end of the second round that we've got here, black will get two points and then each of these other players will get one point. So as you get covered up, you're gonna gain or lose points that way. Now, the B side is a little more interesting and that's kind of a theme. <laughs> it's a similar type of idea. Whatever the top cube is, is going to score based on that spot. So let's just zoom in, oops, a little bit tighter here and move over it a little bit. And we can see here, instead of getting a point, you get a point or you can load two bricks onto your sled. This space will give you two points. This is another similar space, point or two bricks. This one you draw a random card off the top of the deck and another spot here. So you get a little bit of automatic replenishment, but you also have a decision, you know, maybe my sled's full of cubes already, so I take the point, etc. The next spot we've got here is the pyramid. And this is the A side of the pyramid. So as players place cubes, and again, the first spot uh, going backwards, you're going to immediately get these points. So black would get two and then white would get one. And then maybe on the next turn, black comes here, they get three. And then we're going to start from the top again. So they're going to get two there. And you're going to go all the way down. So let's say we just fill this up here with some different folks. And once we get the base of the pyramid filled up, you can look over here and we can see what the next level is going to look like. So the next spot only has four and you're just gonna put these at these intersections. So in this case, white would get two, black would get three and so on. And then we're gonna start again. And then there's a top level, the third level. And once you top that off, you get four points for that 
possibly if any other cubes come in later on, you just kind of put them there and they will be worth one point at the end of the game. Or immediately, sorry. And so on the other side, you have three different pyramids and you can choose where you want your cube to go. So the first one in line will choose which pyramid to go, but if white goes here, he takes the two points and if black wants to go here, he's gotta to go to the next available spot. You can see this one gives you a point and a card. This one gives you a point and some cubes on your sled. And this one gives you a point and you can put a cube from your sled into the ship. And then each of these is only two stages high. So let's just put these out here. And so all of the stage twos are worth four points. So if Brown came in here and snuck in and got that, they would get four points. And once you fill up all three, any additional cubes again will sit there and you get a point for those. Now the burial chamber is a very interesting thing. It's a similar type of thing. As you come in, you go top to bottom and then you start moving left to right. And what you're trying to do here is actually uh, have a chain of your color. So let's just get some of these out here like this. Just as an example. And let's say we did here like that. Let's say we did it like that. So at the end of the game, you're going to score this and you're going to look at your contiguous set of blocks. So here black has a contiguous set of two blocks. So it would be worth three points. Brown has a contiguous set of four. That's worth 10. And white has these separate ones. So these are each worth one. So let's say white had this here. These two spots would be worth one and this other one would be worth three. So it's kind of interesting that way. Now on the other side of B is the other burial chamber. It's the same kind of thing. You go top to bottom, left to right. But instead of scoring contiguous, I'm just putting these out here randomly, you are going to score each row individually for the majority. So you're going to look at the top row. Who has the most? Well, white does. So white's going to get eight points. Brown's going to get four for second place. Second row, there's only brown, so they get eight. And then down here, we've got a three-way tie. So you divide up all the places and then divide the amount of points by the number of players. Or let's say we had like this one, which wouldn't happen because it's out of order. But we've got uh, gray would give eight points and then these guys would split six. So they each get three. So you're getting this kind of area majority here. Now the last spot here are the obelisks and each player has their own spot. So again, in the order that these bricks come in, you're just going to stack them on your particular spot. And then at the end of the game, we're going to look and see who has the highest. So in the four player game, whoever is the tallest obelisk will get 15. And again, if there's a tie, you add up and divide all the way down to like a two player game. Whoever is the tallest gets 10, second place gets one. That's it. This is all end game bonuses. Now the other side of the obelisk is slightly different and it's actually scored during the game. Uh, let's say black came in here and they've got two pieces, white's got a piece, and then brown's got two pieces as well. So these have come in during the course of the game. And then once one of these players gets their third piece, let's say black, they're going to take and grab these and stack these on the first available spot there, immediately scoring 10 points. So they're not worth anything until you get your third out there and then you can start again and possibly build a second one. The points just kind of go down from there. Uh, so that's the game. You just keep playing until all four ships are attached. Then you'll reset everything, score the temple, and then whoever was next in turn order would go again. Again, you play six rounds through these cards here that show you the ships that are going to be available. You add up any in-game points from your bonus cards, etc. And that is the game. Okay, so that is Imhotep. And as I mentioned at the beginning, this is a Spiel the Jar nominee. And I will say you should always play with the B-sides. <laughs> If you play with just the A-sides, it's fine maybe for a learning game, 
but it's a little bit kind of just there, kind of a little bit bland. But with the B-sides, you have some sort of like triggers that can happen. So you can trigger a spot to either give you a point or give you more bricks. And you can go after the cards a little bit more blindly. You can push your luck and grab that. Or you can get other spaces that allow you to draw extra cards. So it just kind of breaks it up a little bit and it makes it a lot more interesting. Now as the gameplay goes, just kind of at the core mechanics of grab bricks, place a brick or ship a brick, that's very, very interesting because let's say you are going to compete for the obelisk and your buddy's competing for the obelisk and you've both got two bricks in there and that third one is gonna trigger to score. And so you may ship your buddy's cube off somewhere else if it's the only cube or maybe it's with somebody else's up to get some cards or fill in the burial chamber or something where it's not really going to hurt you. Even though you're not directly involved with that ship, you don't have any cubes on there, you're still kind of dictating. Now you're giving up an action to ship your cube somewhere that would actually get you points or maybe load up your sled because you're low on cubes or actually put a cube onto uh, the ship. Uh, but you can also get those action cards that kind of do combos and stuff too. So it's very, very interesting in that way because you can just kind of screw somebody, <laughs> you know, sending the, the ship out somewhere else. Or you can be very sort of tactful in terms of, oh, okay, so all my stuff is out there and I'll let you guys kind of decide. And especially at the early game, you kind of let folks decide or push the decision off onto them to sort of seed that board with some kind of state of, okay, he's doing well here, Billy's doing all right over here, Francesca's got a lot of the statues. So you kind of let that develop and then you can kind of react to that. And then you can kind of sort of pass by just taking some stones. You know, even though like, oh, the ships are full, I'll just take some stones and, you know, Billy, you decide what's gonna happen. Uh, so that's very, very interesting. And so it has that kind of direct kind of brinkmanship emergent player thing happening. And so it's very sort of subtle in that way where, you know, you are really trying to figure out what players are trying to go for. And sometimes it's going to be obvious, but because you've got like the different size ships and everything, it makes it very, very interesting. So I know the game probably seems sort of basic mechanically, uh, and it is. And I would say the A sides of the boards are definitely basic. There is a little bit, you know, underneath the covers here that makes it very interesting to chew on. And it's light in the sense that there's not a lot of complexity in the rules, but there's a fair amount of the strategic and sort of, you know, getting a good read of what the game state is. So I definitely think that a lot of folks should really try this because it's, again, it's simple mechanically, but has some good sort of interesting strategic stuff to happen. I think it's gonna work well in a more casual kind of family setting, which is what the award is geared towards. But I also think that gamers that like play tons of games and are really into heavy complex strategy stuff uh, would get a kick out of this because it has a little bit of an interesting sort of tension between, you know, what do I do this turn? What do I do this turn? Uh, so I definitely recommend it and it looks nice. You got the big chunks and everything. And, uh, and I would recommend also mixing the boards. Maybe the one thing I do maybe like more on the A side is the burial chamber because that's a little different in terms of chaining the bricks together and maybe the pyramid, but the temple, I really like the B side, the market, I like the B side and you know, the obelisks, I could probably take or leave that one too. But I think you really have to play with the temple and the market as the B side and the pyramids too, because they have the extra triggers. So <laughs> again, the B sides are really gonna be the interesting part. And I would say you could probably just jump in and play the B side. And that's a very, very, very satisfying uh, way to play the game. So that's Emotep, uh, definitely take a look at it, thanks.